This is Times Radio. Hello, everyone. 22 minutes past 11 o'clock. We are live from London across the UK and across the world. If you're joining us in different places tonight uh, in the UK, uh, we are just past 11 o'clock. But we want to go over to Mexico now because... Um, the country is still reeling from the impact of Hurricane Otis, which made landfall on Wednesday with wind speeds estimated at around an incredible 165 miles per hour. This marked the first time in recorded history that the eastern Pacific has had such a strong hurricane make landfall and continue with Category 5 intensity. There have been 27 confirmed deaths related to the hurricane, with four people still missing, and the city of Acapulco is struggling to get aid to those who need it. Well, John uh, F- uh, Bon Figlio is in Mexico and joins me now. John, thanks so much for, for taking the time to speak to us tonight. No problem. Good evening. Um, th- this hurricane seems to have taken a lot of people by surprise, both in its strength and what it's done when it's hit land. You're completely right. I mean, the two big things, you know, the nightmare scenario that came to pass in the small hours of, of Wednesday morning was in part the strength of the hurricane, as you say, you know, historically strong, hur- strongest hurricane ever to make landfall in the Eastern Pacific. If we want more statistics, the most rapidly intensifying hurricane in history, where wind speeds it didn't just reach 165 miles an hour, as you said, but only 12 mm. hours before, they were at 60 miles an hour. And this was massively exacerbated. The impact was massively exacerbated by the fact that nobody, absolutely nobody predicted it. The hurricane itself, I mean, it was predicted to be a tropical storm uh, reaching peak spe- uh, wind speeds of 70 miles an hour, but not a hurricane at all. Nobody predicted the intensity and perhaps worst of all, nobody uh, predicted the path. So Acapulco, you know, the famous historic city of of Acapulco, which took the direct hit, was completely unprepared for what was to hit it uh, coming up to 72 hours ago. And to some extent, it hasn't really made the news headlines up until the last 24 hours because Acapulco has been completely islanded and taken out of uh, communication, both in terms of transport, roads, air, and also, you know, uh, cell phone. Uh, So we've had almost no reports until now, and we're just beginning to piece together what actually took place. Yeah, the National Hurricane Centre predicting winds of around about 70 miles per hour only yesterday, not a Category 5 hurricane. John, you mentioned how difficult it is to get word out of Acapulco, but what kind of damage are we talking here to buildings and infrastructure? I mean, it's almost a cliche to say, but but we're looking at a classic sort of post-apocalyptic scene in, in Acapulco. You, you mentioned the numbers of, of dead. We're, we're looking at about 30 confirmed dead at the moment. You can expect that number uh, to rise officially. The missing are in single figures, but I am yeah, personally aware of hundreds, hundreds still unaccounted for. Now, look, a lot of this is to do with access and communication again. You know, many communities are still... Uh, offline and also because actually uh, tragically uh, sadly looting and criminal activity has has moved in so a lot of people have actually just hidden themselves uh, away which which makes get, getting to them all the harder but in Acapulco itself the famous seafront hotels have been almost completely blown out building buildings destroyed uh, entire communities un- underwater and in fact I was speaking to a friend in Acapulco this morning who said to me today that actually all that's missing from this post 
uh, from this sort of classic post-apocalyptic scenes that we're used to from, from television are the zombies. That's all that's needed to complete that kind of level of representation, which is what's being experienced in, the, in and around the city of Acapulco at the moment. I've got to say, considering Acapulco is a city of one million residents, it has uh, an enormous tourist economy. You've just painted a picture there of the beachfront scene uh, that some people will be familiar with. It is incredible the lack of coverage that this hurricane has got. But I suppose that's put down to one reason, that nobody predicted it and it's come out of nowhere. Yeah, completely, completely by... Uh, by surprise, tourists are actually now being evacuated. There is air evacuation taking place out of uh, out of the Acapulco airport, which was closed until just uh, just 24 hours ago. I, I, th- I guess if you look at, if you imagine the Bay of Acapulco, I mean, yeah, it's a it's a huge city, uh, enormous amounts of of uh, tourists descend into the city and, and the bay and the surroundings, even though it's not as famous as it perhaps used to be in the 50s, 60s, and 70s. But basically, your access points are. Uh, a big highway that comes out of Mexico City, the, the Highway of the Sun, as it's called. Um, and, and most individuals, you know, most transit uh, comes in and out of, of there. And then, of course, the airport. So it doesn't actually have you know, that much significant access. And those two, the airport and the highway, uh, were completely shut down as the hurricane hit for a period of about uh, 36 hours. So that meant that it was completely shut off. Uh, and again, you know, talking about the communication uh, component. I mean, somebody else that I was speaking to this morning, uh, his mother, who is now, you know, thankfully safe, was was missing and had been missing for a for a forty eight hour period, and that is that has been. Uh, I've been hearing these stories repeatedly since uh, since the hurricane hit. That there are just people who, you know, nobody knows what happened to them, and there still are many of these that are uh, unaccounted for. John, you're in Mexico now. You know the country well. How prepared is Mexico for hurricanes? I think that's a really interesting question. I think it is prepared in certain contexts and areas. So Acapulco actually is relatively prepared. It has something of of an infrastructure that is, you know, much more significant than say fishing communities around about it. Uh, you sort of your areas around uh, Los Cabos, Puerto Vallarta, big tourist cities are, are generally pretty prepared, but they always need a lead-in to be able to. Uh, to deal with things, especially things of this magnitude. And Acapulco certainly didn't have that at this particular point. If you look at the major hurricanes that have hit um, Mexico and, and you know, Latin America uh, over the course of the last generation, uh, despite the fact that on, on the whole they have increased in intensity, they have caused less and less damage. That was not the case with Hurricane Otis. This is absolutely an outlier event, a historic event, uh, which is going to be uh, remembered for years to come, which is going to be mentioned, you know, as uh, as a, as a moment in time where a lot of people got things very badly wrong, and people uh, not just lost livelihoods uh, and everything that they had as a result, but also in many cases, you know, lost their lives. John, just before we let you go, do we know where this hurricane has gone next? Is it headed inland, and and where it might um, die out, or do we think this is heading back out to sea? No, it's it's inland now. It has lost its strength. So, uh, yeah, despite the fact that it was, it continued to be very strong as it as it went into the into the mountains, into the Sierra around about Acapulco. It is now uh, uh, die, has now died off. Uh, so, you know, that is the last that we'll see of it in terms of this strength and uh, and magnitude. Magnitude. What is left now is is the residue of the event itself. 
Uh, John, one thing before we, we go, just to change the, the subject away from the, the awful scenes that are going on in Mexico right now, um, it's always good to get your insights and your knowledge uh, on, on what's going on in Argentina. Elections are still uh, ongoing there. Do we know what the latest is and, and if we're, we're going to get a result? Um, so the latest is that we, are, we now know that uh, Javier Millet, uh, the, the 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 outlier uh, far right candidate and Sergio Massa, the uh, the Peronist centre left individual heading to a runoff on on 19th of, of November. The the really big news of the last couple of days is that the third place candidate Patricia Bullrich, who is of the uh, the the, the centre right, um, and it was perceived that uh, her her following, which uh, amounted to about 23% of the vote, so you know fairly significant. An important number in terms of the the second and final round in in November uh, would uh, either be split or go to Sergio Massa just because of you know the, the extremity of, of of the figure of, of Javier Millet, the chainsaw wielding uh, politician who vows to rip everything uh, up in Argentina should he come to power. But actually, she has thrown her support behind Javier Millet, despite the fact that there is an ongoing court case. Uh, between the two of them, that she is suing him. Uh, she has said that Argentina needs a complete change and that Malay is is a better option than the than the standard uh, Peronist centre-left party that has ruled for 16 out of the last 20 years. Well, we'll find out at the end of November then. Uh, John, it's always great to get your insight into what's going on. So thank you so much for your time tonight. No problem, take care. John Bonfiglio there in Mexico talking about the hurricane, which seems to have devastated uh, Acapulco and as John was saying, uh, tourists being evacuated, one million people live in Acapulco it was a category 5 and the wind speeds were recorded at 165 miles an hour and also updating us John there on what's going on in Argentina as they head to the runoff in their elections on the 19th of November, we'll keep you up to date on both events and like I was saying it's incredible, isn't it? Of course, there is a lot going on in the world at the moment in the Middle East, but um, you know, a hurricane of that size, it definitely deserves some coverage. It's 33.